Well, hello, friends, and welcome to another CMYK Talk podcast. My name is Matt, and if it's your first time with us, just want to say welcome. So glad that you're choosing to jump in, dip your toes in the water of this thing known as the CMYK community. Um, we're wrestling through what it means to live a more beautiful, centered, holistic kind of life. And for us, we find that around uh, the teachings in the life of Christ by poking the box and wondering and asking questions and celebrating uh, beautiful things. This is our work, and this is what this podcast is designed to do. So welcome. So glad that you're here. Uh, today, we're jumping into a new series of talks that we're simply entitling Stories. And this is a, a really unique series. It's something we've never really done to this level before. And the idea behind stories is that all of us carry a story. All of us have things that have led us to this moment in this place in time. And in many, in many ways, because of connected culture and social media and celebrity culture, what we can do is see other people's stories and feel like that's significant, that's important, that's beautiful. And then we look at our own stories in our own lives and we feel like not as significant, not, not as important. And we, we spend our lives kind of belittling who we are. And I really believe this is... This is so far from the life of Christ. To belittle our stories, to belittle the sacred, divine beauty of who you are. And so to try and combat that a little bit, I thought, what what if we were to spend a series of talks where we just invited others to share their stories, and that we as a community would see the significance in just honestly a lot of these random people that are a part of the CMYK community, that they get to share their story, and we see the significance in them that we would then wrestle with our own significance and the divine work and life that's a part of our own lives. And so that's what we're going to do over the next few weeks is just listen to each other's stories, inviting people into the studio where I record this podcast and just asking them to share their stories. I kind of interview them and go back and forth. We're going to do that for the next few weeks. And my hope is this, not only would you see the significance of your own story, but that we as a community would have this work as others are sharing their stories. And first, that would be the work of embracing others in their story, wherever they are, whatever they're carrying. This is the work of Christ, I believe, to say that this story matters and that we are embracing each other for who we really are. Not masks, not pretending, not games, but through these authentic, real stories. Secondly, I really believe and have found for my own life, as we choose to embrace others outside of ourselves, it's then that we see our own world expand. We see our hearts and life and grace and peace, these kinds of things grow bigger because we're actually engaging others outside of our traditional narrative. And so... Um, we're going to do that, inviting you to embrace these people and inviting you to maybe challenge and wrestle with your own story and expand some of who you are to see as you engage these stories, your life become a more centered, holistic, beautiful kind of place, which again is the whole point of all of this. So I'm so glad you're listening in. Uh, I think this series is going to be great. And had Kendra Shaw, uh, who's been a friend of mine for years, uh, into the studio a couple days ago, and she's going to just share her story. And so Kendra is going to be our first story, and I think it's be really, really great. And so we're going to do that interview. And then uh, at the very end, tail end, I'm just going to give some of my thoughts on kind of what I'm wrestling with after listening to Kendra's story. So I hope you enjoy it. I hope this is helpful for you. We're going to be doing this next few weeks. And Man, I think this is some of the best work we could do as a community, honestly. Like, <laughs> there's much, uh, much else better I think we could do with our time than just engaging and embracing each other's stories. So, without further ado, ladies and gentlemen, Kendra Shaw. Well, uh, thank you so much, Kendra, for being here today. Uh, I'm so excited to hear your story and uh, allow you to just have the mic for a little bit. I always get the mic. And so, <laughs> 
it's finally time for someone with some wisdom and insight to have this mic and be able to share a little bit of their story. So uh, we're going to, we start this off with just a simple question, and that is, where have you been? What brings you to this moment and this place in time? And what are the, the highlights or the things that jump out at you when you think about who Kendra is and where she's been? Where have I been? Um, I grew up in Billings originally. I'll just do a quick recap. Um, and got married young. And then we sort of lived abroad and elsewhere for a long time. Um, but I feel like the sort of present part of my life that I think about and that relates to CMYK in particular is the last five years, which is when we moved back to Billings. We had our daughter who was one, came back to be near family. Um, And I I feel like that for a lot of reasons, but in large part because these last five years have for sure been like the hardest of my life Hmm. by far. And so it feels like this kind of like epic time period in a way that I feel like we're kind of just coming out of a little bit. So you, you, Moved abroad for a while, mm-hmm. as you said, and came back. And you came back hoping that it would be easier, it sounds like. Hoping because you it had would a kid, be easier, yes. You'd be around family. Yes. We had a kid. I was in grad school, and we thought, okay, we have these flexible jobs. We both, both my husband Jonathan and I work at home. We thought, we can move anywhere. Mm-hmm. So let's move back and live mm-hmm. near both sets of our parents. And we thought Billings is a great place to raise a family. We grew up there. You know, there's so much good stuff about it. We were really excited. We did this big move. um, And then it sort of felt like a lot of things fell apart all at once. Hmm. Um, Things that were not anticipated. Things that were not anticipated. um, Like, for instance, um, my health took a huge dive when after we had our daughter. Um, I have a degenerative spine condition um, that took years to figure out and get diagnosed and treat and that all happened kind of as we moved here which put a tremendous amount of stress on our marriage family um both just because I physically wasn't able to do all of the things I had been able to do before or wanted to do um Mm -hmm. and because all the health stuff was a huge financial drain Hmm. Um, and so, and we found that living near our families, as much as we love them, came with, uh, its own series of challenges. Mm -hmm. Um, our parents are both getting older, both sets of parents, they're starting to actually need a lot more help. Um, and we both are from big families, but we don't have most of our siblings here. So a lot of that has started to kind of fall on us. Mm -hmm. And so our little unit which was suddenly put under a lot of stress mm-hmm. is put under a lot more stress from all these sort of external factors um and the thought of helping family is great the but thought of helping family is great yeah through, that there's an extremity to that, that yeah all there and and it took a long time for us to kind of uh recognize that mm-hmm. um a long time like and and it and it took some, going through some hard things like I uh out of all of this I feel like we the health and became about health insurance and all of a sudden we became like super political and our families were really like have struggled with how to deal with us in that regard we've struggled with how to deal with them too and I feel like for us on our side we're like this affects everything about our lives 
somehow our lives have come to revolve around like health insurance, <laughs> which I just can't even <laughs> that's believe. That's the dream. Yep, yeah, you know, that's the dream, right? Day. We just want to think about <laughs> health insurance just, all the it's time. It's what I think about all the time. Like how because much... you guys were so financially tapped from we were so everything tapped. you walked through. Yeah, and I feel like... And you'd leaned into everything you could lean into for resources and help. We'd done You're everything working. we could have. We were working as hard as we could. Yep. We felt like we were making what was a good income yep. and should have been fine. Um, and it was just, we were just being like blood dry by this bottomless pit of like, well, let's see a chiropractor and I can't get out of bed. So now I'm seeing an acupuncturist and we're meeting our deductible for, so I can see a physical therapist. But then there's this other treatment. And when you don't feel good, yeah, you know, and Jonathan, I feel like was always like, well, we need, you know, we, I want you to feel better. So this is a worth, like we need to be spending money on this. I just felt like I was sucking all of the family's resources. Mm-hmm. Um, and this went on for years. And not, and not feeling any better in the midst and of it. And not feeling any better, yeah. feeling briefly better, but just not ever really getting better. Um, and I feel like, and during all of this, just really feeling like we needed to escape. Hmm. Like that what we needed to do was leave, that hmm. that would solve our problems. Leave Billings? Leave Billings. Yeah. yeah. It, leave the U.S. We mm-hmm. were like, if we can just leave the U.S., then everything will be great. Even though we've lived abroad before and I feel like have a realistic perspective of it's really hard to live abroad. Yeah. I mean, it's great, but you're dealing with, you know, visas and all kinds of stuff and you have another language and it's, it's tough. So we kind of would weigh that against like how stressful is like health insurance getting. Yeah should we move to like the Netherlands where we can just be on a socialized plan? And would that like, how much stress would that alleviate versus then moving like farther away from our family? And we used to do all these, um, like, uh, pros and cons lists, but then we would weight them. We would spend like hours doing this. It'd be like, okay, (laughs) Billings is an affordable place to live. That gets like a plus three, Health insurance is incredibly stressful. That gets like a negative nine. (laughs) You had your own math. We had our own math and we'd like add it all up. And it all pretty much always like came out as a wash Hmm. of like staying or going. The pros and cons were pretty equal. And so then we'd like kind of table it for a while. And then when things would get stressful again, we'd be like, okay, let's, I would look up visas again and let's, you know, figure this out. Um, And I think the turning point for us um, was that I ended up spending a year. I'm a writer, and so I am working on a novel, and I fortuitously ended up getting into six writing residencies in one year, which I hadn't planned on Hmm. doing that many, Um, and these ranged in time from two weeks to six weeks, Um, and this was all in, like, a nine-month period, and we thought, I thought, like, this will be so great. I'll be out of Billings. I'll be in a community again of like-minded people and artists, and this will be really healing. And and it was in a lot of ways. Um, but I also found that all my problems followed me. <laughs> I was still in pain most of the time. I was still depressed most of the time. I was still really, like, thinking about leaving wherever I was, Um And I kind of got home from that year and was like, this is, I'm like not in a good place. I was in a really bad place. I realized I was driving my daughter to preschool and thinking like, gosh, how easy it would be just to drive off the road. Um, And that being like a 
you know, a scary thought yeah. to be having. Yeah. Um, so I feel like that's the sort of the, the, the gritty. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, where you've been. And, and so, been, yeah. And, <clears throat> Just because I, I I know you and your family yeah. a little bit, in the midst of all of this, you highlighted it. But in the midst of all of this, you you guys are really struggling with not only your health but yeah. paying for it, and then the, the yes. politics, the system, and the structure. The politics is just like it, it's hard to describe. I think unless you've gone through mm-hmm. something like that, and and for you to be honest about that and talk and about for me it to be honest with your family, about it with my is family. a disconnect and almost a a point of conflict. It's incredibly painful. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's caused all kinds of pain, yeah. <laughs> including... Because it's a hot-button political issue. Did it's you a take hot, one side or the other? It's a hot-button political yeah. issue. I'm on the opposite side of my parents um, and a lot of our extended family. Uh, and for us, it feels... We've lived under... We've lived in countries with socialized medicine that we've yeah. been a part of and feel like we understand that, and that's been awesome. And then to come here and have it be so expensive and we, like, I can't afford things and it's out of control. Um, and to have, even have the debate in my own family, I just am like, my own life experience tells me this one thing. I don't understand why that's not enough yeah. to convince you of this. Yeah. But it's not. Yeah. Um, nothing is really. I mean, there's, mm. so that, I feel like that kind of got bigger and bigger. Yeah. And I, I just, the only reason I wanted to highlight no, that is because it's good, we, live, yeah. we live in this culture where that's something that's on the news every day. Yeah. And and many of us can be in families where we don't see eye to eye, mm-hmm. but it's not like every day you're waking up in pain. I and know. Then, and, and, and nobody's doing it intentionally to hurt or harm anybody but no. in, in your family or in your situation, but it's, it's this, you came back to Billings to find embrace and you found yourself in this crisis. Yeah. And, and rather than embrace in this crisis, you found more conflict. Yeah. And, and, and no matter what you guys were doing, whether it was your end financially, working hard, trying to reconcile with family on this issues, medically going after things, like you just continued to find conflict and can, continue to come yeah. run into walls. That yeah. Nothing was moving forward and you guys were just giving everything you could to this that's exactly what it felt like like just we just felt exhausted like emotionally spiritually every just totally exhausted and i think we're still dealing with the effects of that Hmm. of um it's stress kind of throws us right back into it really easily and so i feel like we're trying to kind of learn how to not live that way yeah so Luckily, you use past tense words. Yeah, <laughs> most, <laughs> most of that story, uh, I know of where you were. Yeah. Um, so, so you're in a different place today. I am in a different place okay. today. Yeah, okay. I feel like a a number of things kind of came together about a year and a half ago that started to make a big change. Um, one of those things was we decided we were like, you know what. We, if we're going to stay in Billings, we have to find a better community than what we have. We mm-hmm. just, we moved here for our families, but it's not, it's not working, spending all of our time and energy mm-hmm. in, on those relationships. Um, 
And so we, I was like, we got to get deliberate about making friends. <laughs> so we were like, okay, we're going to get like really involved with CMYK. Um, I texted some, like someone that I, I knew a friend and said, um, and actually Kate Blakesley. Oh, yeah. yeah. I texted a few people and was like, I need, I got to have better friends here. Would yeah. you be my friend? <laughs> <laughs> Like playground. Uh, yeah, where it's a, it was. Instead of a note, it it's a text. It was like, yeah. yeah. You'd be my it's friend. like the Check playground, yes no. but I was like, yeah. I gotta, I have to start asking for these things mm-hmm. if we're gonna, if we're gonna do this. And I feel like, and that started, so it was kind of like, we started to do that and that started to help. Um, and then I discovered medical marijuana, which completely changed my life, yeah. um, which I did not expect at all. I feel yeah. like it totally came out of left field for me. Um and I was really resistant about it at first. And then my family and I, again, were at odds because they have Because you came from a background that I said, came from a very conservative background, yep. yeah, that said stay away from drugs, <laughs> yeah. which I think is good advice for yep. all kids in general. <laughs> but as an adult in chronic pain, it became yeah. unreasonable. Um, yeah. And a part of that was me having to accept. I'd spent years thinking like, okay, this pain and what I'm dealing with is temporary and I'm going to find the reason for it and we're going to be able to fix it and then it's going to go away. And instead what I found is that there's a problem in my spine and I know what it is um, and the solution is a spinal fusion, which I'm trying to hold off on. And in the meantime, like, I just have to live with that. Yeah. And once... I kind of got to that point where I was like, okay, I'm not going to be seeking. I'm not going to be constantly trying to see a different doctor every time and just having the math in my head all the time of like that appointment was $300 and this test is going to cost $500 and we could go out, you know, we get $100 for Christmas, we could go out to dinner or that could pay for like one and a half chiropractor treatments. Yeah, I just feel like our whole life had just become about that yeah. and – it's a really like stressful way to live, yeah. I think. And and so I feel like I got to the place of okay, I've got to start treating what's hap- like treating the symptoms mm-hmm. of this, the pain of it, um, and see where that takes me. Um, it's uh, sorry, that's really yeah. fascinating because I think I get that, I feel that I haven't dealt with chronic pain, but mm-hmm. the the desire to go back. To what? Like, if something's not right in my life, mm-hmm. I immediately want to go back to a time mm-hmm. when it was right mm-hmm. and figure out what do I have to do to get it, rather than just understanding or dealing with the fact like, oh, no, this is just a part of my life now. Yeah. And I need to, well, it I, took I need me to like, learn to deal with it. It took me like four or five years yeah. to be able to say yeah. that. But I, but I but think yeah. that's a really fascinating thing. And I think it's a powerful thing. Obviously, with chronic it's pain, really it's powerful. huge. Yeah. But I think just in life, there are so many things that we don't like. And we spend yeah. so much time, energy, money trying to trying to get back Fight to it, something. get out yeah, of it. Yep. Yeah. Compared to just understanding, oh, this is who I am. Yeah. Uh, so silly. <laughs> I'm lactose intolerant. It is not good for me to eat ice cream. Right. And I've spent so many years of my life eating ice cream yeah. and feeling horrible the entire night and thinking like, what is wrong with you, Matt? I need to fix this, you know? Yep. And mm-hmm. the reality is like, no, you just shouldn't have you dairy. You just shouldn't have dairy. Like, this is who you are. <laughs> yeah. And, and, and learning to deal with that and finding yeah. joy and, and as much as my life is horrible because I can't eat ice cream. Yes. Learning, learning to find the joy and beauty in, in that. Yeah. And, and 
I, I really don't want to belittle a chronic no, pain. No, you're not. But you, what okay. I hear you saying is you have chronic pain. This is a part of who you are. Yeah. And and rather than rejecting that part of you, learning to embrace that part of you and say, okay, what do I have to do to live with this? Yeah. And to live a happy, healthy whole life, to be present with it fully. Rather it's, than, it's really hard. I won't yeah. say that that's easy. And yeah. I feel like even getting to the point of realizing I had to do that took was hard. Yeah. And I'm still in that of, I feel like I have a couple of bad pain days and I get really depressed again and feel just like, ugh, life's not worth living. And I, I it, chronic pain is, does stuff to your brain that, um, it just, it changes the way you think about things. Um, and because you're, I, I feel like for me, a significant amount of acceptance and healing was realizing I just couldn't do as much as I thought I should be able to do as a 33 year old woman. Um, and figuring out like, how do we change our life to accommodate that? I, I, I was talking to one of my sisters last summer and she was like, cause I'd kind of pulled back from our family and she was like, I don't understand what's going on. And I said, I, for me, it feels like I'm trying to like tune my life to a different radio frequency where like I'm hearing some voices more than I am now. And I'm like turning some other ones down. Um, and, but I feel like all of that was only really possible. Um, once I started having some actual like pain management and I realized that I could live a life with this um, that wasn't the life I'd been living, which was often like I was in bed all day or I was crying a lot. And then you feel worse because you're like, I'm not the mom I want to be. I'm not the partner I want to be. And even if you have a great partner, which I do, who was like, it's okay. We're a team. I'm here. You still feel terrible Mm -hmm. like as the person who can't be i don't know the it's still a struggle you're you're not you're not you see that that movement you want to make or have made in your life but it's not like you're you're there and yeah 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 it's not you just you can't do it it's just like being i mean it is it's like being sick all the time where when you're sick you just you don't feel good you don't feel like you can do stuff you don't have good energy you're not in a good mood yeah um and that had just spiraled so out of control that by the time I feel like I started feeling better, actually. Um... Hi, Stella. So, um, all that to say, and I don't want to, I don't want to uh, try to, you know, belabor a point or anything like that, but you know, one of the questions that I think is significant to us that we're that we're all recognizing we talk about it a lot this idea of what are you carrying mm-hmm. uh you know so i would phrase it what are you wrestling with mm-hmm. obviously this is a part of that i would assume yeah but are there you know are there other points of of wrestling in your life or yeah um, i feel like this is this is a big one or it, it has certainly been the focus for years um i feel like coming out of that a little bit um has made me realize um, 
how much I struggle with setting boundaries. <laughs> yeah. That was a big part of also like dealing with stuff with my family. Um, and boundaries and relationships. Boundaries and yep. relationships. Yes. Yep. Yeah. Um, and for me, that meant um, just having to say no a lot more to things and learning to be okay with that. Of mm. like, my parents aren't going to understand that I don't, I'm not going to drive out to their ranch now multiple times a week, which is like 45 minutes out of town. Yeah. Um, they don't really get it and they're not really ever going to, I don't think. Mm-hmm. And that is hard because I know they see me in a certain way still. Yeah. Um, and you still care for and them and care, care about for what them, they think. Of course. Yeah. And, and want yeah. to make them proud and happy like we do. I do. Of, of course. Yeah. yeah. Um, but so, you found health in creating the boundary. I have found a lot of health yeah. in, and it, it involved what I kind of realized in large part was narrowing my focus of if my priority is instead of if my priority is my extended family and I'm sacrificing and doing a lot of stuff for them, what if it's just Jonathan and Freya, my mm-hmm. daughter? Yeah. And what would it look like if I was prioritizing them and their needs? over the competing craziness of the family needs. Um, my parents live on a ranch, and things are always going wrong, as they do. Horses are getting <laughs> out. Fences are going down. The basement's getting flooded. There's always something happening. It's like a 60s TV show. It's totally like that. <laughs> and I feel like that has its own, like, uh, there's just kind of like a constant emergency going on. Mm-hmm. And I was really involved in that for a long time, years. Yeah. And when I started to sort of take myself out of it, I realized how much of my energy was going toward helping things like that, doing things like that, um, which, of course, I also want to be helpful for. But then I would realize that would maybe be the only, like, good three hours I had that day. So I'd come home, and I wouldn't have, you know, I'm a writer. If I don't write during the day, I just, I don't feel great at the end of the day. It's like, I imagine some people feel this way about exercise. I don't. (laughs) <laughs> you don't exercise you don't feel yeah, so good yeah. but it's sort of that feeling um then I was just realizing I was I wasn't doing that I would be tired I wouldn't have good energy for Freya I wouldn't have good energy to cook yeah um when you already have because of where you are physically yeah. you already have so much limited energy you just you have limited energy and I wasn't willing we to admit yeah. that to myself for a really long time yeah um and take any of the steps necessary. Yeah. Um, That's something I, I really uh, struggle with a mm-hmm. lot. And I, and I personally can wrestle with the, the life that I've created for myself mm-hmm. with, you know, art house and CMYK and then trying to do some music stuff. And then, and then I have a family <laughs> you yeah. know, like, and, yeah. and realizing, Oh, I'm not the superhero that I, that I think I am in my head and right. I can't do all of this stuff. Yeah. And I can't, I can't make everybody happy, and that sounds so elementary to say, but it it's been so so difficult yeah. for me to actually continue to remind myself of like no who who are the people yep. that you're gonna pour energy into and make sure you're pouring energy into those yeah and everything else can be residual yeah because they matter and they're significant yeah but if we all like yeah the work of my family yeah and, and doing that and yeah and art house will get what art house gets and That's CMYK right. will get what CMYK yeah. gets but. Yeah. And I, I feel like, yeah, that's like all your different pieces. I, I, 
empathize with that because I feel like what I'm, I think, struggling or wrestling with now is I sort of narrowed things down and we kind of restructured life on, okay, what if it's just this little core family unit? And mm-hmm. that meant saying no to a lot of things I would have normally said yes to. And now I feel like I'm, I'm in a bit of a better place and I have a little more energy. Yeah. And I'm, I'm wrestling with, how much do I bring back in and how yeah. much of each piece do I bring back in? Like how, how many ranch emergencies do I say yes to yeah. or, you know, and, and, and feeling like there was a lot of healing for me in just kind of cutting that off for a while. I needed that. I think it was like a huge break of realizing how much energy was going just outside that I felt like it was just dissipating. Yeah. Um, but and at the end of the day, the people that matter the most are getting the least. Yeah, that's because what I think was we, happening. We yeah. convince ourselves that it's okay. Yeah. That I can get away with it. That's I can get exactly away with treating I my wife a certain myself. way. Yep. That yeah. I, c- I cannot get away with treating yeah. an art house employee that's that right. way. I was like, I can't, I can't say no to my mom, but I can say no to my three-year-old yep. who wants, you know, whatever. And, and I, realize like that's not necessary that's, like, <laughs> that's not logical that's not or, logical yeah, or, or right, necessarily yeah. how i should be making decisions yeah um but it was how mm-hmm. i was making decisions yeah. um co- like subconsciously yeah what are you celebrating what's going good in the life of kendra that yeah. we can celebrate with you there's a lot of good things i feel like i had a baby two months ago yeah um i'm super glad not to be pregnant anymore (laughs) i'm just like so i'm just like euphorically happy about it (laughs) (laughs) yep um and i have a book on submission with editors so i'm actually working with an editor at poofton mifflin right now on a revision so i'll see um where it ends up, but it's exciting. Yeah. So, that's so what, my... what's timeline on that? You think, um, you know, is it, I don't that... know yet. Okay. Yeah. I feel like we're still going back and forth with, yep. yeah, I'm fine tuning some things, yeah. uh, which is, yeah, feels good. Can I've been working on this a long time. So yeah. yeah. Can you give any, any insight into what it is? Um, it's a novel. It's a multi-generational story of a family set in a kind of like alternate, dystopian version of Alaska okay. and it follows um, family through several generations after uh, a generation of people have come up and um, for various reasons moved um, a bunch of pianos up into the territory that have been abandoned all over the place and mm. then um, sort of different generations interact with them differently that's kind of the structure of the story but it's about this family and yeah. um, their home and what home is how we make our home. Yeah. I what, can't, I can't wait. What happens when we lose it? Yeah. So yeah, I'm, I'm excited about it. I feel like, and spring is coming. That's a good so, thing to be excited which about. Which is also good. Yeah. And I'm like, uh, I've become now a medical marijuana provider, which I really, really love. Yeah. So the, the thing not... that you dipped your toe in the water <laughs> uh, a so couple funny, years ago, yeah. you just jumped all in. I like jumped totally in. <laughs> And now you're now the lifeguard. I would you never, own the pool. I, yeah, I was like, I'm just gonna do it. I guess yeah. if I'm, I'm if I'm gonna get into this, I'm gonna grow for myself. I started growing for other people, but um, I found it's actually like been very empowering, and especially to connect with other people who have similar yep. issues, pain issues, chronic pain issues, or other issues. Um, 
and to be like, I can maybe help you feel better yeah. <laughs> after having felt terrible for so long. Yeah. Um, and I, yeah. I mean, just to, it's kind of mm-hmm. going back to what we we're talking about earlier, you know, just again, being on the peripheral of, of all of this over the last couple of years, you know, when you started medical marijuana, mm-hmm. there was a little hesitancy yeah. and a little bit of... I had so much trepidation. Yeah. And, and even who, who do you share it with? Yeah. That, that, you know, that this is a part of your life, that you're kind of exploring that road. And and to to now come to this place of, no, th- this is this is what this is. Yeah. And this is what I'm doing. And there's a full acceptance and embrace yeah. of that. Uh, for yourself, mm-hmm. uh, I think is a part of that, just embracing, well, this is me and this yeah. is who I am. Yeah. And uh, it's not who I expected to be. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, I know that feeling. Yeah. <laughs> it's definitely not what I expected. Um, but I found it's actually like been very, a very complimentary thing to add into my life in a way that I didn't anticipate. Like it's, it's very meditative, meditative. Hey, you're remember. the writer. I can't remember can how to say that one. Yeah, it's it's whichever <laughs> of those is correct. <laughs> we'll give it to your editor. But we'll see that's what they right. Say. <laughs> um, like taking care of the plants and yeah. trimming them and making them. I don't know. I yep. I find I it's what you know. It's gardening. Yep. So it's just a sub strand of gardening yep. that I do in my basement. Yep. But. <laughs> That is federally illegal. Yeah, it is federally illegal, <laughs> but is legal in Montana. <laughs> Let it be known. Uh, so yeah, cool. it's but I yeah I feel like I have definitely struggled with like who do I tell this to yep. and uh, now I'm I'm just being more like this is what I'm doing now. Mm-hmm. I'm. It's it's interesting because I've <clears throat> for the last couple of days I've been thinking about this concept of I think in the social media world. Uh, someone will always disagree with you, mm-hmm. no matter what your stance is on anything. Mm-hmm. I mean, we're seeing it everywhere. Yeah. Somebody will always have always have a reason to disagree with you and reject your views, your opinions, your thoughts and beliefs. And so, if that's the outcome, no mm-hmm. matter what, we might as well <laughs> be right. as authentic and honest right. and true <laughs> and healthy as we yes. possibly can be. Yeah, because. Because the the reverse of and so much of that I've found is you're working to, you know, uh, play the game of making sure that everybody's saying the things about Matt Blakesley that I want people to right. say about Matt Blakesley yeah. and everybody's viewing me the way that I want to be viewed, whether it's my family or people I work with or, you know, people around me. And just to, like, come to this place of, like, well, even in that place, people were still rejecting me and having a problem with what yeah. I was. So I might as well be me. Right. You know? <laughs> And and that's just what I, I I think the reason I bring it up is because that's what I feel in sense. Mm-hmm. Like you know that this is a conflict for people. You know that this is something that it is for some it's yeah. a Ooh. for some people it's a deal breaker. Yep. Yeah. Yep. But but you have 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 just fully leaned into. But I'm I'm gonna be healthy. Yeah. And I'm gonna be the best mom and wife that I can be, and I'm gonna be. And for me, this is what it means. Yep. yep. Yeah. Is that I. Who would have thought yeah. that using, I mean, I just, I never, you know, I was yeah, it like was part not of DARE. It was yeah. not. Yeah. We <laughs> were the like only, I don't know if you remember this, we were the only two people that went to our our summer camp, church camp, senior year. Do you remember that? I think it was, well, it was you and me. We were that's the where only I met two Jonathan. Group. Is that, there was that year? Oh, no, wait. No, I met him 
the year before. Maybe. Well, but yes. I'm anyway, just, and yes, I just bring I it up to be like, we yeah. were the good church kids. We were there, such we good church We went to church kids. camp when none of our friends were going. We still went I was to like, church I'm camp. I'm still 100% committed <laughs> yeah. to this. Yeah, me too. I was totally in. Uh, and now here we are having this conversation. I know. So, but, but there's so much beauty in life and joy. Yeah, there is. I think, um, and it's, I think it's, it's been, I think it's been good for my family too, or I hope it has been. I think they're starting to kind of come around a little bit on this issue in particular. Yeah. Um, but yeah, more for me, just, I think being like, I'm going to care about these things and I'm going to try not to care about these things. Yeah. Sounds simple, but it's yeah. hard work. Yeah, every day. Yeah. So to wrap it up, mm-hmm. uh, spring a question on you that um, you don't ha- you don't have to have an answer for, okay. but I think it's an important question because I kind of always land the plane with a thought like this or just a question like this. Is there anything that we as a CMYK community can be doing for you? Man, gosh, such a good question. I feel like no. I I think um, I feel like if anything, I'd like to be more involved in the things that are already happening. Yeah. So there's like the newsletter I'm yeah. really excited about. Um, I feel like as the baby's getting older, yeah. I have more time. Yeah. Um, so I I feel like no, it's more on my end where I'm like it, that's another piece that I'm like I I want to add in more from this yeah. side. How much do I add in and mm-hmm. how quickly? Yeah. Um. But I'll keep thinking about it. Okay. Yeah. Thanks so much for doing this. Thanks. Really appreciate it. Yeah. Everybody, Kendra Shaw. <laughs> well, I think that there was a lot there. This is Matt again, by the way, just flying solo. Um, and I hope that you would uh, have found some things to maybe challenge uh, you and where you are and things that you're thinking about. And as there's a lot there and a lot that I could honestly process and think about, there's one thing that I've really been kind of dwelling on the last few days. And it's this idea that, that Kendra mentioned, uh, and we, we talked about a lot, I wanted to keep going back to it, was this idea of when she's walking through her chronic pain and doing everything she can to not see that be a part of her life. That's the natural response, right? I don't want to see this be a part of who I am anymore. And that process that she went through of just accepting and understanding, okay, maybe this is just who I am. And maybe this is just a part of my life now. And rather than spending the majority of my time rejecting this and trying to get it away, maybe I learn how to deal with it and, and for it to be a part of my life, but a healthy, good, beautiful part of my life. That, that for me was just so profound and important. And I, I think of my own life and I mentioned it a little bit in the interview, but again, I've just been thinking about it. I, I've spent so much of my life looking at who Matt Blakesley is in the mirror and understanding the intricacies, whether it's inside or externally, who I am and who I appear to be in the world. And I can spend so much energy not accepting the things that make up Matt Blakesley, that I have a different vision or idea of who I want to be. And I don't like who I actually am and what I actually carry. And and this can feel a little silly because I don't deal with chronic pain like Kendra, but there's little things that cause me pain, cause me issue, cause me problems that I stay up at night and think about. And I was having a conversation with, uh, a few weeks ago now with a friend of mine 
And we're talking about this concept of self-acceptance when we look in the mirror and who we are and, and what we have to do to accept just who we are. And my friend made this comment that was really powerful in the moment. He said, Matt, the reality is, is if you're not accepting who you are, the other option is that you're rejecting who you are. You're choosing to live your life in a state of self-rejection. And man, I, I think that that is really, really bad. Is it not? Like just psychologically, what are we doing to ourselves when we continually live in the state of self-rejection? What does that do after weeks and weeks and months and years and years of simply rejecting who we are? And to look at Kendra's stories is here's something in someone that actually has something that they really should reject. They really should work to get off. But the beauty and the power of just accepting and saying, this is, this is who I am. And as much as I don't like this, how can I deal with this in a healthy way? It reminds me of this moment uh, in the story of Christ when it's directly before he goes to the cross to be crucified. And it's this famous moment where he heads to the garden with his followers, these 12 disciples, these men that have been following him for years. And it says uh, in this moment, in Luke chapter 22, it says that Jesus came out and went, as was his custom, to the Mount of Olives, and the disciples followed him. And when he came to the place, he said to them, pray that you may not enter into temptation. And he withdrew from them about a stone's throw and knelt down and prayed, saying, and listen to this prayer. Jesus, Jesus has something he's carrying. He knows what's going on. He knows what's he- ahead. In verse 42, this was his prayer. He says, Father, if you are willing, remove this cup from me. Here, here's Jesus, this, this man that's held up to be the perfect embodiment of humanity on so many levels. And there's something that he's carrying and something that he knows that is a part of his life. And his prayer right out of the gates is, God, I don't want this. Remove it from me. Please don't let this be a part of my story and a part of my life. This is something that, again, it reminded me of Kendra's story because here's something that she's carrying and it reminds me of my own story and my own life of here are things that I'm carrying and I don't want them to be a part of my life. And so we spend our time and energy saying, God, I don't, I don't want this here. I don't want to be like this. I don't want to deal with this. I don't want this to be here anymore. I don't want to carry the weight of this. Please remove it from me. It's a, a feeling that I think many of us can identify with. But that's at the end of the prayer. He says, nevertheless, not my will, but yours be done. And Luke describes and says, and there appeared to him an angel from heaven, strengthening him. And being in agony, he prayed more earnestly. So he's still going deep into this prayer of, God, please, please, please remove this. Please, I don't want this to be a part of who I am. And as he's earnestly praying, his sweat became like great drops of blood falling down to the ground. In other words, this there's an intensity here to this. This is not just a flippant, throw some words out there. This is Jesus wrestling with this. When he rose from his prayer, he came to the disciples, these men that he had left, and found them sleeping for sorrow. And he said to them, why are you sleeping? Rise and pray that you may not enter into temptation. This is a powerful picture, I think, in the midst of self-acceptance of our stories and what we're carrying versus self-rejection. Because Jesus is dealing honestly with this thing that he hates, 
this thing that he doesn't want. He's speaking honestly about it, and he's wrestling with it, yes. But there's this, nevertheless, God, your will be done. So as much as he hates it, he's willing to continue to carry it, and he's willing to figure out, like Kendra's story, okay, how do I step forward carrying this thing that I've made it very clear I don't want? I think there's something powerful in that, in the life and in the story of Christ. There are things that we are carrying that we don't want, and rather than spending our lives rejecting who we are and rejecting what we're carrying, what does it look like for us to move into acceptance and understanding, okay, this is a part of it, this relationship, these things that have been done, these things about my personality, these things about my body, these things about my family (laughs) that I wish I could reject and be done with. No, I deal honestly, and I must move into this place of acceptance. On top of that, I think there's this interesting interaction that we see with Jesus and his followers where he starts the night out and he says, okay, I'm going to go and pray, and, and you pray too, and don't fall into temptation. And he comes back, and they've fallen asleep. And... Jesus wakes him up and says the same thing. Don't fall into temptation. In other words, his invitation to his followers is there's something bad and hard and rough that's going on here, but don't miss it. Don't fall asleep to what's happening here. As much as there's sorrow, as much as there's pain, as much as there's this desire to be done with this, don't fall asleep. Don't miss what's taking place because it matters. And the thing that I hate, the things that I hate about who Matt Blakesley is, that I've spent so much of my energy rejecting, to do this prayer of Jesus, to follow this path of Christ, is to identify that, be honest about it, but maybe to accept it and then not fall asleep to it. To not fall into the temptation of just ignoring or belittling this thing, but to understand it and to walk with it in a healthy way. This is the story of Christ, and for me, this is the story of communion and the Eucharist. That this is what leads up to this moment where Jesus is heading to the cross for crucifixion, his body broken and his blood shed, this thing that we celebrate through this bread broken and cup shared. And there's something in that for me of, for us to partake in this Eucharist is to have the same kind of process because it feels like death to accept these things of who we are that we hate. It feels like a a dying, it's a death to a vision, a dream, a death to uh, um, this ideal for our lives that maybe just isn't who we really are. And so to accept that can feel like a death, yes, but the story of death, burial, it doesn't end there. And to accept this part of us, as much as it hurts, there's new life. There's resurrection to be found. I I really don't want to speak into Kendra's story and say anything, but man, just knowing her and walking through uh, some of this story with her over the last few years, there's new life when she's willing and able to accept and carry these things, as much as it hurts and is literally painful, there's new life. 
And I believe for you, whatever your story, whatever you're carrying, don't spend your life rejecting who you are. What are you carrying? And be honest about those things and wrestle with those things and have these moments of, of God divine and whatever you would uh, kind of speak to in that moment. I don't like this and I don't want this to be a part of my life. Yes, be honest. But what does it look like for you to say, but not my will, but yours be done. This is who I am. This is what I've got going on. And then not to fall asleep to it, not to fall into temptation, but to be aware of it and to carry it in a healthy way is to find new life. Thank you, Kendra, for sharing your story and uh, just inviting these thoughts and things into my own life. Uh, I hope you know, as we said at the beginning, that your story matters here. And we're going to continue on with this series next week with another beautiful story. And so wherever you are, know that we love you. And if there's anything that we can do for you, please let us know. We'll talk to you very soon.